Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. Find them online at theatlantadivorceteam.com. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into Dog Nation Daily, daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented by Meriwether and Tharp. If you're watching on video, you can tell that I'm at home today. Let me take care of a little bit of housekeeping, just very, very quick, and then we're going to dive into, obviously, a very hot topic on the uh, show here today. So in our e- continuing effort to do the show slightly different every single day, seemingly for the last few weeks, uh, just a quick explanation here. I got some personal stuff going on. I had some stuff going on this morning that was going to kind of take me away from work. So our original plan for the show was a little bit different because, obviously, when you think back a few days ago, we weren't necessarily, you know, assuming we were going to be on, like, Caleb Downs' watch the way that we obviously are right now. So with that sort of in mind – Once we realized the Caleb Downs thing was out there, we decided to pivot. So the good news is I am live right now. I probably sound a little bit different because I am at home. We're not using the same sort of regular studio situation that we oftentimes use, uh, kind of back to that normal format tomorrow. But we wanted to be live and we wanted to react to kind of what is going on as we know it right now, as it relates to the now former Alabama safety, Caleb Downs. Certainly seems like his time there at Tuscaloosa is done. Downs is in the transfer portal, and we are watching here for a fairly quick resolution, perhaps on all of this. And it certainly seems like that Georgia is kind of the team that's maybe best positioned to take advantage of uh, Downs' status now on the open market. And one of the things we've tried to do as it relates to this is be a little bit careful about you know hyping this up too much or getting too excited or whatever else, because I'm a fan just like any of you are, and. I certainly don't want to set myself up for disappointment if this ends up fizzling out, fizzling down. But at least thus far, we really haven't seen any reason to kind of talk this down as of yet, no pun intended, as all of this has sort of continued to unfold and play out. Uh, the sense that we get is this is very real and very much a situation where Georgia is heavily involved here. Since we last spoke about this yesterday, we have seen some other news kind of unfold. First of all, Downs is now officially in the portal. There had been some interesting language used for a lot of yesterday of beginning the process to, and I think that one website eventually reported that he was in the portal, and perhaps that was maybe a premature report because I think the actual entrance into the portal didn't come until a little bit later, and you kind of know how this plays out with, like, say, Daniel Harris, who there had been some social media announcements that he was intending to go into the portal, the Georgia defensive bag, right before the Orange Bowl, you'll remember this, but ultimately that ever actually happened, and now Harris is staying here at UGA. So you had a little bit of a similar situation, at least briefly unfolding with Downs, where, as one of our commenters using the great Southern vernacular said, he was fixing to go into the portal. So a lot of yesterday was about Caleb Downs sort of fixing to go into the portal, uh, and now that sort of fixing to has sort of turned into the thing, and he is here. And 24-7 Sports had a really interesting story yesterday. I believe still Steve Wilkfong, the national reporter, was the writer and Will Fong had a chance to talk to Down's father. And the one thing that Down's dad, many of you have probably seen this, the one thing that Down's dad made pretty clear, and whether this is like Georgia and Alabama fighting over a player or not, what Mr. Downs told 24-7 Sports, I just think makes a lot of sense. This is just as simple and straightforward as it is. You know, came to Alabama thinking Pete Golding was going to be his defensive coordinator. Well, now he's not. Came to Alabama thinking that Travaris Robinson would be his position coach. Now he's not. Came to Alabama, maybe most important of all, thinking Nick Saban was his head coach. And now he's not doing that either. That the coaches that Caleb Downs made the decision to come and play, uh, you know, for at Alabama, they're all gone. And so, therefore, Alabama does not mean to Caleb Downs what it used to mean. By the way, more on that in a moment. Now, the other thing that Mr. Downs also said, which I find to be interesting, is that he had such a uh, impactful experience in the one year working with Nick Saban that the Downs family, apparently according to what 24-7 Sports reported, the Downs family has no consideration of made the wrong choice to go to Alabama, shouldn't have done it. Saban was only there for one year. What Mr. Downs said was that the one year that Caleb spent with Nick Saban was so valuable that they're glad they got that experience. And to me, that really matters, obviously, moving forward. On the one hand, it says, you know, what a great coach Nick Saban was. And even those of us who are ardent Georgia fans, we won't deny that Nick Saban truly is 
a very good coach, a, uh, a, you know, a terrific impactful coach, but in his absence now, it also sort of speaks to the opportunity that Georgia has with really no obvious contenders to that throne of, Hey, Saban has long been, been recognized as the kind of coach, the place you go if you want the best possible NFL development you can get. I'm talking about you know predating the Kirby Smart era in Georgia. That's one of those things that was just sort of thought to be true about Nick Saban. And then Kirby Smart develops the Georgia, you know, develops himself as the coach of the Georgia program, coming in as a rookie in 2016. By 2017, he's starting to have some success and eventually he wins two national championships. Over the last few years, it's like NFL development. You got Nick Saban, Alabama. You got Kirby Smart at Georgia. They were sort of vying for that supremacy of who's the coach that's sort of best positioned to get players like Caleb Downs into the NFL. Well, now that Saban's retired, who else is there really? And I think that's one of the reasons why this is something we've talked about on uh, Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Thorpe here this week, that Kirby Smart right now seems about as energized as we've seen him. And it's not just going after Caleb Downs. It's going after Mason Shorts, going after Jamie French. It's going after Elijah Griffin. It's going after guys that had the Alabama ties and guys that were not necessarily thought to be strong Alabama lanes. It's just sort of going after everybody. It's, you know, it's like the old line of some coaches play checkers, some coaches play chess. Right now, Kirby Smart's playing hungry, hungry hippos. He's just trying to scoop and grab and take everything he possibly can because I think he recognizes then the absence of Nick Saban, there is market share up for grabs. That a guy like Caleb Down said, I played for Saban for a year. I got a lot out of that year. That was a very impactful experience on me. And now it's sort of just Kirby. And perhaps that's the explanation for why a second chance recruitment for Georgia with Caleb Downs could go differently. That when this happened the first time around and Caleb would have been such a sensational player at Mill Creek High School, when he ultimately chose uh, Alabama the first time around, Georgia at that particular moment was probably no better than the bronze medal on all of this. It was probably Alabama one. It was probably Ohio State two. Many of you know that. And perhaps Georgia three. And I think the question I've been trying to ask to some of our guests this week is, well, how come it is, to use, I guess, bad grammar, how come it is that Georgia could have a better shot the second time around than they had the first time around? Well, maybe now it's a case where Caleb's, one year older, he's got two years left, perhaps before he cashes in as a very high first-round draft pick, uh, leaving perhaps after his junior season. And now it's sort of the crunch time for the best possible development he can get. And right now, the only coaching staff that can provide that is the Georgia coaching staff. And, oh, yeah, it just so happens that's a coaching staff that he's also familiar with because of the arrival of Travaris Robinson as his safeties coach and co-defensive coordinator. Another reason why that win that Georgia got this weekend, essentially taking T-Rob from Bama twice. The first time, then he interviews again to have full control of the Alabama defense, and then Georgia takes him back again after that. The story that we're watching play out here this week is evidence of why that win for Georgia was so valuable this weekend, really taking T-Rob from Bama to Georgia before Kalen DeBoer kind of even knew what hit him. We said at the time that could have massive reverberations for UGA, and we're seeing just how true that is. Now, let me give you a couple of other thoughts on this. And if you're just joining us live on video, we're in kind of a casual, sort of a laid-back way today. We'll get back to sort of the normal show, that, the way we've come to do it tomorrow. But for now, I'm here live. We're reacting to kind of what we know about Caleb Downs here at the moment, talking about the very real possibility he could end up at UGA and the chance that could happen sooner rather than later. Let me give you a couple of the other sort of I guess, secondary topics around this. Many of you saw Alabama uh, Athletic Director Greg Byrne appear on the Paul Feinbaum show yesterday, and boy, they are singing a sad tune right now in Tuscaloosa. And listen, we're a fan show. I'm a fan. We try not to take ourselves too seriously. We try not to take most of this stuff too seriously. There is a part of this that we just are more than happy to tell you. It is really fun to watch Alabama squirm. may not last forever. Kalen DeBoer probably is a pretty smart coach. There is a chance he's very successful at Bama because up to this point in time, he's been successful everywhere else he's been. All of this may eventually have a happy ending in Tuscaloosa. That's obviously a possibility. But for now, oh boy, there are some Georgia fans who've been waiting a long time to watch Alabama squirm the way that it is right now, to watch Alabama have to gnash teeth and 
complain about the rules. Rules, by the way, in the past, they have bent every single one of them in every single direction they possibly can in terms of every possible edge this program could have gotten. And all of a sudden now, the bill on some of that is coming due here right now because the rule of being in the transfer portal and the eligibility to leave the program for 30 days after a coach's departure, that's kind of biting the Crimson Tide here right now. And a lot of us are sort of really settling in and, you know, kind of, you know, kind of really enjoying this because I think the biggest takeaway here is, is that there is an element of what's happening with Caleb Downs that actually is bigger than Caleb Downs because this is what Alabama is sort of staring square in the face here at the moment, which is that for the last however many years, going back to 2007, how many every years that is, for the last years, you know, dating back to when Saban got there in 2007, what appeared to be a great program was actually a program that had a great coach. And as Saban moves on now into retirement, the 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 residue that's left over, you know, I don't know that, that speaks to the same level of program now moving forward. And that's the issue is that when Caleb Downs looked around, it's like, you know, Alabama with Nick without Nick Saban is not Alabama the way that I thought about it. And if Caleb Downs is saying that right now, other guys are going to be saying that in the future that there is no passing of the torch. There is no, hey, I'm Nick Saban, I've had this torch, now it's Kalen DeBoer's turn, and I'm passing the torch to him. No matter how much Alabama tries to do that from a symbolic standpoint, it just doesn't work that way. You just don't get to say, now it's Kalen DeBoer's turn to lead this program the same way that I have, because people look and they're like, no, you're not Alabama, you're sugar-free Alabama. You know, you're zero-calorie Alabama. You're kind of the, the, the decaffeinated version of what it was with Nick Saban. And you can say what you want to about we're getting penalized by the rules and penalized by this. The fact of the matter is right now, the people that matter most great players currently in college football and future recruits are saying, we don't view Alabama the same way without Nick Saban as coach. And you better believe that's going to be the kind of thing that reverberates a lot into the future. Now, a couple of other thoughts here really quickly too. I can't listen to the whining and the complaining about, oh, these rules are so unfair to Alabama. I saw one national reporter say, this is going to get fixed. In other words, that there's a system that's broken that allows Alabama to lose all these players in the transfer portal without really much of a chance to replace them because uh, SEC eligibility is not open right now and all of that. There are plenty of issues as it relates to college football and plenty of things with the current system that maybe should get fixed. I don't, I, I don't deny all of that. But the idea that it's somehow more serious because this time it's impacting Alabama, what is it that people say? Miss me with that. I don't want to hear a word uh, about that here going forward because Nick Saban has had every opportunity to announce his retirement at any point in time. If Alabama did not want to be caught sort of last minute, you know, trying to replace guys they're losing to transfer, he could have announced this at any point in time in the last two months. But no, he waited. Now, we don't know for sure why. I don't try to put myself inside someone's head. But it is at least possible. It is at least possible that Saban's delay in announcing his retirement was perhaps so they could secure another recruiting class of players who thought they were going to be playing for Nick Saban or perhaps moving past the you know time in which a lot of schools around the SEC were already starting. And so, therefore, while technically – Alabama players could transfer if they wanted to. Logistically, it was perhaps near impossible because classes in other SEC programs had essentially already started. There certainly seemed to be initially an advantageous timing to Nick Saban delaying his announcement as uh, late as possible, and now that's kind of blowing up in their face. But that's not a system that's that's improperly, uh, uh, I guess, you know, constructed necessarily as much as it is Alabama, I believe, attempt to leverage a system and it just sort of backfired on them. If I had to guess, that's what that sort of looks like here to me. And it's the same thing about the NIL stuff. You know, every program loves to have every opportunity it can to sort of, you know, cry poverty and say, well, if you want to keep Caleb Downs, you're going to give more money. If you want to support Caleb DeBoer, you've got to give more money. You're already paying, you know, three times for your grocery bill, which you were you know, a year or two ago. But nonetheless, we're going to have you give more money to their NIL collectors and things like that. And honestly, if you're a fan that has a little extra money and you want to support your team, especially if it's the Georgia Bulldogs, that's probably a pretty good thing to do. I'm certainly not against that. But at the same time, you know, this push to say, 
they're losing Caleb Downs or losing, you know, Kane Proctor or losing whatever else. They're losing these guys because of NIL funds, I think is an attempt also to obscure the fact that what's really happening in Alabama is we're seeing what the first look of this program is going to be in the post Nick Saban era. Alabama fans don't like the looks of that, but Georgia fans are having a very good time with all of this here right now. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. We're presented today by Meriwether and Tharp. We're happy to have you with us. It's actually fun to be back live again. We haven't really been doing this show, at least this portion of the show, in a live manner very much lately. We're going to talk more about the uh, logistics of how our show is going to look here coming up in just a moment. But it is fun to be doing all of this today. And it's great to have Meriwether and Tharp being a part of that. Now, we're having fun making fun of Alabama. And we're having fun, you know, looking at the possibility that Caleb Downs might come to UGA. And at this point in time, that's still kind of a might and a possible. That's that's the language we're obviously using here because there's a chance that, that Ohio State might swoop in here, uh, I guess. They've obviously, you know, stepped in and done some big stuff with like, say, Quenchon Judkins lately. So Ohio State's trying to make some moves. Perhaps they got another big move in them. But the point is we're watching this and having a good time doing that. On the flip side, though, the divorce process is something that almost no one enjoys. It's a it's, it's a hard thing. And when we on Thursdays talk about that, I try to make that mention with your feelings in mind. If you have even considered the possibility of divorce, I know that it's scary and confusing. You've heard me say before that relationships, if you can save them, you probably should. You know, if, if it's a salvageable relationship, taking the steps you can take to see if you can make that happen. I think that's something you should probably do. But there's also sometimes a reality that, you know what, we've tried, and that's just not working. And so the next thing for you may be the divorce process. And if it is, our friends at Meriwether and Tharp, I think, can be a strong advocate for you, explaining how the law can be leveraged for your benefit. Also, making sure there are things that need to be considered that perhaps you haven't considered. Uh, they can help you out with some of that, too. And they also perhaps can help you with one of the most maybe important aspects of this from your perspective, which is getting some level of cost certainty about how this divorce process is going to work for you. And that is what Meriwether and Tharp is all about. So they've got a variety of options. I think this is really forward thinking, very creative you know, collection of models they put together in terms of how you would perhaps want to pay for this and how you perhaps would want to uh, get some cost certainty as you go through the divorce process. If you think your situation is simple and sp- fairly straightforward, then there's like a DIY option for you that doesn't really cost you very much money at all. Very affordable. That might be a good fit for you. Maybe you kind of want something that's a little bit more hands-on and involved with one of those Meriwether and Tharp attorneys. The M&T assisted model might be a good fit for you on that. Once again, it's kind of sort of a modern sort of forward-thinking way to perhaps pay for this. There's a, you know, with the M&T assisted model, there's like a subscription service. You essentially subscribe to Meriwether and Tharp's, uh, you know, uh, services to you during the process in which your divorce is ongoing. You can pay that per month. There's also a way to sort of do that as kind of a flat fee, which for you might make, make some sense there too. And if all of this is like, I don't, I don't know if that's me. I just want traditional representation. Well, obviously Meriwether and Tharp can offer that for you there as well. So I want you to find them online. Uh, kind of a newish website we've been telling you about the last few weeks. It's georgiadivorceteam.com. That's georgiadivorceteam.com. They're expanding their services into like Savannah and coming soon in Athens and places like that. So as they continue to serve people all across the state, they have a website now that reflects that. It's georgiadivorceteam.com for a lot more on that. Okay, so we're casual today. I'm here at home. But some of the things you've come to expect on our show, we still have for you here today. Before we're done, we're going to hear from former Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm. We get into some very interesting stuff with Jake about his time in the NFL here as of late and some of the stuff as it relates to Georgia, Julian Lewis, the you know now 2025 quarterback, a thought or two from Jake on that, sort of everything in between. Terrence Edwards also coming up here in a little bit too. Terrence is going to give us some information from his perspective on why he thinks it is that Caleb Downs is such a special player. We recorded this with Terrence yesterday afternoon. So, you know, we're kind of speaking about this still kind of very much in the possibility if Downs were to maybe come to UGA, but some strong words with Terrence here coming up on what Downs would bring to the table. And it's someone like Terrence who knows the high school landscape here in our state so well, kind of specifically what he has seen from Caleb Downs. We are going to do that with him here coming up. Now, let me give you another kind of quick housekeeping note and we'll sort of move on with the rest of the show there on that. So here's how things are going to work for us. So tomorrow we're going to be back in studio and we're going to be doing the show sort of the way we have been as of late. Early morning recording, uh, dropping it you know, on video at 10. I'll be live for comments. 
Uh, we're going to take a long you know, collection of comments tomorrow because it'll be the last time I get to sh- take comments for a little while. Next week, uh, that's the week of the 22nd, I am going to be stepping away for a few days. Uh, you all kind enough to let me uh, take some time with my wife. She and I are both going to be among the very first people to be on board Icon of the Seas from Royal Caribbean. We were invited by Royal Caribbean to be a part of that, and I just can't wait to come back and tell you how cool that experience is. I'm really excited about that, and as I said before, Grateful that the folks here at work are letting me slip away to go do that. Grateful that all of you would allow me to have that time with my wife. Uh, just she and I together sneaking off uh, to go do that for a few days. So we are really, really, really excited about that. And then on the other side of that, that's the week of the 29th, we're going to start debuting a brand new studio and back doing the show live and all that kind of stuff. You kind of know we've been on a little bit of a journey here over the last few months, admittedly so. Uh, but we think that journey comes to an end next Monday. That's two Mondays from now from a new studio. Now, we may not be quite ready to unveil the whole thing uh, on that particular Monday, but we're working our way towards that. And uh, I just appreciate all the folks behind the scenes here who have really done a lot of work to sort of get us back on kind of more firm footing again. So really grateful for that and can't wait to do that again with all of you next Monday. So quick recap, you know, semi-normal show tomorrow. Jeff's Intel, strong stuff on UJ recruiting coming then. We're watching the Caleb Bound stuff very closely all day long here today. Pre-recorded next week, I'm going to be on a Royal Caribbean cruise. And then Monday, the following Monday, sort of back to normal for a good while there, uh, enjoying all of that. So hopefully that makes sense. And speaking of Royal Caribbean cruises, before we move on and bring on Terrence Edwards, let me also give you a reminder that ongoing at dognation.com here right now, you can pop in and you can register for your chance to win a spot on our Dog Nation cruise for you and a guest coming up in April. All of this courtesy of Kroger. How nice is this by Kroger to do such a great giveaway for our audience? They did this a year ago. It was an amazing experience for our winners, and so many folks were excited about their chance to win. So you can be a part of this here right now. Super simple. Just go to dognation.com, give us your information, but also we're going to ask you to sort of share your favorite memory from Brock Bauer's career here at UGA. It's an easy question. Uh, any answers, fine. And then from the answers that we get, we're going to draw one at random, and that's going to be our winner. And that person, along with the guest, get a chance to have a stateroom for two on the Dog Nation cruise, a hotel the night before in the Port Canaveral area, a gas car to kind of help get down to Port Canaveral for you there a little bit, and some cruise credit to enjoy when you're on board Allure of the Seas. It's a great experience if you're already going the Dog Nation cruise. You're still eligible to win this there as well, so no problems there on that. Just please go to dognation.com and get more details on that. All right, so – a little bit of Caleb Down stuff off the top. We're watching this throughout the day here on Dog Nation. It's Jake Fromm today before we are done. But on a Thursday, you've come to expect Terrence Edwards. Terrence, a lot to say about Caleb Downs here today and a whole lot more there, too. So let's roll on and hear from Terrence Edwards here right now. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. And you're on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp. Time now for uh, Terrence Edwards, the great former Georgia wide receiver. And we've been watching you know, some crazy stuff unfold full transparency here. Terrence and I doing this on a Thursday, but recording this on a Wednesday afternoon. So what we know at the time of recording is, is that a lot of Alabama players are entering the transfer portal. One of those, Caleb Downs. Obviously, UGA fans hopeful that Downs might arrive at Georgia and reason to believe there's a good chance that could be the case. So, Terrence, let me start with the Caleb Downs part, and we'll kind of look at Alabama more broadly perhaps. But uh, this is a player, and I know obviously you're as entrenched into Georgia high school football as anyone. When Downs was a part of that uh, Mill Creek team that won the state championship in 2022, this was one of the truly special players in the state of Georgia, not just for that year, but maybe any year. And UGA kind of missed out on that recruitment there at the time. But maybe that second chance, this time it could sort of be the charm here. It's easy to understand why Georgia fans are so, I think, you know, excited about the possibility of Downs because both as a freshman at Alabama and as a you know high school player in the Gwinnett County area, we have seen how good Caleb Downs can be, right? Oh, most definitely. I think he's a special, special talent. I think wherever he goes, as long as he stays healthy and motivated, the NFL is in his future whenever he's able to go. Um, You can see that. You you can see from the time he stepped on the field as a freshman at Mill Creek uh, until now, his freshman year at Alabama, that he has God-given ability that is just unmatched. Uh, I got opportunity to watch him up close. 
the year he won the state championship, he beat us in the semifinals. Mm -hmm. And you just could see the talent that he has. I, I think he could be a five-star running back if he chose to be. That's how dynamic he is as a football player. And obviously, if a guy like Downs were to come to Georgia or anywhere he would go, it maybe it's a similar situation, maybe more so Georgia than anywhere else. You know, there are other other talented players. Malachi Starks is already one of the best players in the country in his own right. You know, a guy like Janelle Aguero is waiting the wings. You know, Jake Pope just came in from Buford uh, and Alabama in the transfer portal. Uh, you know, K.J. Bolden's a guy that Georgia just signed. Terrence, as someone who knows players well, what would you guess the response is to the other Georgia players potentially in this position group if they were to now be joined by Caleb Downs and the fight for playing time all of a sudden that competition gets more crowded. I think so. I think they're going to be excited at first because he is a immensely talented guy. But then, it's, as you said, it's competition. It's the best man's win. I think, you know, competition brings out the best in all of us. Uh, so we're bringing him into the fold. That's just going to uh, make everyone else step up their game. And he's going to bring a talent uh, along with the guys that you name, uh, just make that defense even special. I um, mean, he brings an aspect as a punt returner as well. Mm -hmm. I know we, we lost uh, our punt returner. Anthony yeah. Evans uh, also can punt return, but uh, he has the, the ability to do that as well. So I just think, you know, the he's going to bring a, a level of excitement to that group, but also a level of competition that brings out the best in everyone. Yeah, that would certainly be true if he were to come to Georgia. There's uh, no doubt about that. And if that were to happen, if Downs were to join up here, you know, does this put to bed, you know, after, you know, Jake Pope transfers over, that's a Buford guy, you know, KJ Bolden, that's a Buford guy. It's not just a Buford curse for Georgia. I would say that, you know, dogs have not done as well in Gwinnett County overall as you think they might should, just given the fact that of all the metro counties, Gwinnett's really the closest to Athens, you know, kind of coming down 316 or coming across 316. If the Downs thing were to happen following the footsteps of what Jake Pope has already done and the footsteps of what KJ Bolden has already done, any kind of issues with Buford, Gwinnett County, you know, some of those places where Georgia hasn't always dominated, does this kind of put all that to bed once and for all, you think? Um, I, For me personally, I never thought that was a curse. I just thought a lot of kids made decisions to go where they feel that's best for them, and Buford just happened to be the school because they is one of the most uh, talented, rich uh schools in the state of Georgia and those kids decide that other places was the best fit for them. Um, but, you know, these kids are very talented, you know, with KJ Bolden and uh, Gwinnett definitely have a, a lot of athletes there and we have missed out, but put it to bed. I always think people are going to say, if we miss out on any players from Gwinnett, especially Buford, then the curse is back. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm just happy that these players now is, um, going to Athens and Caleb Downs is if he does go there then I think that just bolster the Georgia defense and bolster the secondary when you look at the situation Alabama beyond Downs you know we've seen a mass exodus from that program once again you and I recording this on a Wednesday afternoon day or the following day we've seen a mass exodus from that program and it seems like early days here Kalen DeBoer is having to do everything he can just sort of hold on to the situation and never going to be easy to transition from Nick Saban and the great legacy he had there to someone new but you know given the time of transfer portal and the day and age which we live in it seems like all of this is made even tougher right now right because we're seeing one famous name run after the other you know seemingly you know pop into the portal for Alabama tough times over there in Tuscaloosa almost definitely as you can see that um, ninety nine percent of players go to university because of the coaches. And I know we would love for these athletes to say we they went to Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State because of the university. And nine times out of ten, that's that's not true. They go for the coach that's coaching at that university. So you you can see that um, the mass exit that the players are having at Alabama, um, and it's sad. I I I personally don't like it and don't. And even though our Alabama is the rival to us right now, I don't want to see their team just depleted like this. And they have to go to the transfer portal now and, and try to find players to be competitive next year. Uh, I like the competitive balance. I like to be able to beat Alabama at full strength. That's just me. Uh, but it's a day and time that we live in right now. And uh, I think Kirby and company and other schools is, is uh, who has a – uh, security blanket at their schools is going to go in and nitpick off Alabama players, and that's the sad part about college football right now. 
yeah, I have to say, I'm not minding it too bad at the moment, Terrence. I'm actually kind of, <laughs> I'm actually kind of enjoying it here a little bit. But you actually do bring up a really good point, which is that I mean, to me, what you've seen, and it's not just the pursuit of a potential transfer like this, but the way they've hit the ground running. You know, Mason Short recent decommit. You've had other decommits. It seems like Terrence right now, Georgia's hitting the ground running for this 2025 recruiting cycle as much as anything we've ever seen in, in terms of the energy here right now where by appearances and I'm, not, I'm not the first one to say this it certainly seems like Kirby sees an opening and he is trying to run right through that open door right now and hoard and collect as much talent as he possibly can oh most definitely I think Kirby see the the chink in the armor and he's going to go and try to exploit it and uh you know he has the product right now and a lot of student athletes would like to be in, in that position to go play for an established coach and established program and Alabama hasn't been that established program and now with you know coach Saban it departing from the program so we lost a little bit of Terrence there because our system kind of crashed which is the reason why we've been pre-recording all this stuff anyway but the point is we're going to get back to the conversation Terrence good enough to give us a couple of more minutes here so Terrence let me ask you one more question before we let you go there you were talking about that 2025 recruiting class how about the other news this week that julian lewis the quarterback formerly of the class of 2026 he's now uh classifying uh into the 2025 class for those who haven't seen him your thoughts on him as a player and how about just the larger thought on like reclassifying overall here right now right i've known juju for a long time been in his his space since he was uh six seven eight years old just a gifted passer gifted passer um, so, he, you know, if you just put him out there in T-shirts and shorts, he can spin it with the best of them at smart football players. So whoever gets his services, I you know he's still committed to SC right now. And if I had a son right now who's a, as talented as him as a quarterback, uh, you know, Lincoln Riders probably be one of my first choices as well with his resume is putting quarterback in first overall picks, which he might have another one this year in Caleb Williams, Heisman Trophy winner. So he's a guru right now. Um, but also, if my if I was from the state of Georgia, um, the University of Georgia would also be in the mix of uh, teams that my son would look for because of the, just the pedigree that we have. But Julian is a is a tre- tremendous quarterback, and he's going to be uh, where he's going. A team's going to be lucky to get him. And with the reaper classification, is you know that's a part of football right now in the lower levels. People are reclassing back. You 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 really have to ask. Uh, are you a reclass or are you in your right grade? Uh, I think people are doing it now to get a competitive advantage. And I don't know if it's, if that's scientific proven, if you get a, a, a competitive advantage of not by reclassing. Um, but then you see some, some players that reclass, then reclassing back to their original yeah. uh, class. So it's a lot going on right now in, in today's of trying to get a competitive advantage in, in today's sports. Well, Terrence, I appreciate your time here so much. Obviously, we love the work that you're doing with high school players on a regular basis. If people want to get in touch, bubble work is beginning. Uh, it's that time of year. Folks are getting ready to to be better for upcoming spring practices and the fall will be here again before you know it. So if people want to be a part of the bubble work that you're doing and all the great you know sort of future college stars that you're helping out, how can they do that with you there at the Terrence Edwards Wide Receiver Academy? You can reach me on all social media platforms at Terrence Edwards Wide Receiver Academy. Terrence, we'll look forward to talking to you soon right here on Dog Nation Daily. Thank you. Personal uh, there during his high school career, so obviously he can give you great insight on what has made Downs a special player. And this is one of those deals where, and this is true if Caleb comes to Georgia or not, I mean, to our credit, we try to be as honest as we possibly can be we said Caleb was a special player when he was going to Alabama. We're not Johnny come lately's on this. We said, boy, it stinks to lose a guy like that when he chose Alabama the first time because he just sort of had the look of sort of a sure thing. And obviously around here, we're always hyping up this player and that player. We just, you know, can't help but fall into that trap sometimes. Uh, I guess we're only human. And that's just sort of what we do. If you do shows like this, everything's the sort of next big thing, whatever. But there are some who sort of stand out even – in a class of elite players and elite talents, there are some who sort of stand at the forefront, even in a group like that. And I would say that Caleb Downs is one of those guys. It was great to get that additional perspective from Terrence Edwards about how exactly why and how true that is. By the way, we're not done with guests here. We've got a Jake Fromm coming up on a Kroger Fresh Take with the former Georgia quarterback. That is coming up in a moment. Prior to that, though, 
going to make this our cruise around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. Uh, I want to remind you that it's here. Next week for me is the big one. I'm getting a chance to be on Icon of the Seas. Now, I don't say that to brag, although I am really proud of the fact that I get a chance to be on the ship. I'm really saying that because for what seems like forever, we've been talking about, oh, this big new ship, it's going to be here. It's going to it's going to be, you know, it's going to happen. 2024 sound like such a long way away when we first started talking about that. But now it's happening. And there are bookings taking place. So if you're starting to think about, you know, your spring break travel or summer travel or, you know, whatever, uh, Icon of the Seas is now ready for you to book. In fact, uh, it's booking up fast. It's a very, very popular uh, cruise uh, ship here right now, as you would imagine all the new uh, Royal Caribbean cruise ships always are. This is that right now. So when I come back next week, I'm going to be able to tell you all the stuff that I saw and why this really is. I think just such a new horizon and a new frontier for the uh, cruise industry. And for me, it's also a precursor to the excitement we're going to have in April. I mentioned the Dog Nation cruise a little earlier. Uh, it's going to go down in April on leaving from Port Canaveral, going to Nassau on the Bahamas, perfect day, Coco Cay, uh, the chance to be a part of that. And Royal Caribbean really believes you want to book the Dog Nation cruise, a spot on Icon of the Seas. Don't forget, coming in July, we've got Utopia of the Seas. Uh, that's a ship that, that's going to be starting for the very first time. Royal Caribbean really believes that those Royal Caribbean cruise vacations made even better when a great travel agent helps you plan them. It doesn't cost you anything. This is just a, a Royal Caribbean expert that can kind of give you the best options, port to sail out of, ship to sail on, uh, ports to visit, all those great choices. And for us, that's Jessica Slater. She was specially selected uh, for us by Royal Caribbean. She helps us with all of our Dog Nation cruise information. Uh, and so I want you to reach out to her. You can email her, jslater at dreamvacations.com. You can uh, give her a call. If you're watching on video, you'll see that number on your screen. There's also a, and I'll give it to you as well, it's 770-718-9147. That's 770-718-9147. And you can also go to royaldogs.com. That's the website to find out more about the Dog Nation Cruise coming up in April. Can't wait to see you on board for all of that. All right, a couple of stories here, and then we're going to hear from Jake Fromm. Let me do something away from the uh, Caleb Down stuff here for a moment. And I'm going to try to expand more on this tomorrow. You may have missed this this week just because we've all been so deep into the down stuff. There is a juicy soap opera right now going on between Auburn and Ole Miss related to Derek Nix. Nix had been an assistant coach at Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin had sort of, you know, sort of poo-pooed the idea that uh, Nix was going to leave, kind of downplayed that. Uh, and then, sure enough, Derek Nix has left Ole Miss for Auburn. And the uh, release that Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss put out related to Nix's departure was pretty salty. And so we'll share more of that with you tomorrow. But just the initial point of Nix is leaving, he's going to be Auburn's offensive quarter. And the honest truth is, when Philip Montgomery uh, was out at Auburn, I sort of thought that was going to mean more of Hugh Freeze. It was going to really be Hugh Freeze's offense. But now it seems like that's going to be a little bit more of an influence by Derek Nix, at least based on what Lane Kiffin's saying, which – Maybe he's just, I don't know, trying to stir the pot as he has in the past there. But this is one of those situations where a little bit like the Quinshawn Judkins thing, you know, everything about this offseason thus far has been about big momentum for Ole Miss. You know, big-time transfer portal additions and things like that. By the way, speaking of one of those, Walter Nolan had a very, very interesting uh, social media message about, you know, reading the fine print of an NIL deal and things like that, going back, I guess, to his time at Texas A&M. That was pretty strange. But the point here is, is that – a lot of the stuff for Ole Miss thus far this offseason, this calendar year, has seemed really positive. A program building momentum for what's almost certainly going to be a preseason top 10 team for the upcoming year. And then the blip in the other direction was Quinchon Judkins out of nowhere, sort of going to Ohio State. And now another one of those blips is Derek Nix. Now, I don't know that Derek Nix is going to shift the balance of power between these two SEC teams. I really don't. But it is one of those kind of well this is a little bit against trend it had been a lot of positive trends for Ole Miss and now with the Derek Nick story you're kind of going against that here for a moment we got a new coach at South Alabama Womack leaves to go become Alabama DC new head coach is Major Applewhite obviously that's the former Texas quarterback Applewhite spent some time as an Alabama assistant he's a Houston head coach so that's the deal there a lot of you also know this Caden Proctor the uh, other big name as of late from Alabama, big time 
elite prospect offensive lineman, uh, played and played well as a freshman. He is now going to transfer portal. So last few days for Bama, it's been Downs, best player in the team. Uh, it's been Proctor, you know, elite prospect offensive lineman, the likes of which almost never go in the transfer portal. You've heard us say that plenty of times. And um, also Isaiah Bond, who went to Texas the other day. So a lot of bad news out there. Uh, you know, for Alabama, you see Kirby Smart continuing to just sort of chase down every Bama recruit, too, that he can possibly get his hands on. Mason Short, you know, Kirby jumping right on that situation. Once Short decommitted from Alabama, we've seen Kirby uh, cheese him with Jamie French, the elite wide receiver who recently decommitted from Alabama. Kirby seems to sense something right now, and he seems to be doing everything he can to take full advantage of all of that. We are enjoying every single minute of that. And speaking of something else we enjoy as we make that cruising, Around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean, we enjoy the chance to talk to the former Georgia quarterback, Jake Fromm. We call it our Kroger Fresh Take. Jake's got a lot to say here today, all of it fun and interesting, including what life is really like in the NFL when you're playing some of these cold weather games like we've seen as of late. Uh, Here's Jake Fromm here today on Dog Nation Daily. And here on Dog Nation Daily, time now for our Kroger Fresh Take. Welcome in the former Georgia quarterback, Jake Fromm. And, you know, listen, we're taking Jake off a resort vacation here. You know, when your NFL uh, season comes to an end, that's sort of the tradition. We saw Tyreek Hill joking about this the other day about getting sent to Cancun. And, you know, Jake's been kind of enjoying his time away here, there as well. So I guess, Jake, on behalf of all of Dog Nation, let me begin by offering some apologies. You could be enjoying the fun and the sun here right now, but instead you're talking to us here on a Kroger Fresh Take. So sorry for taking you away from the beach here brandon what's up man it is uh it's always a good day when you invite me on the show so glad to be here today uh today is sadly our last day on vacation we get to head back uh to the nice cold weather yeah uh they're back home in georgia um but uh man we've had a great time but it's always a great time to be here with you yeah i do not bring good news from the standpoint of the georgia you're about to return to Jake, I'm not built for this. It is so cold here right now, and I feel so sorry. Now I'm going to be uh, stepping away for a few days here coming up, so I'll have the same experience. But I feel so sorry for you after having you know sort of pristine paradise conditions. The Georgia you're about to return to is not the Georgia that you're used to. Unfortunately, I must tell you that. Yeah, I know that's uh, that's what we've been seeing and uh, being staying up to date with. Uh, we've definitely been uh, rubbing it in uh, to all our friends and family members of uh, sending them nice all the the beach videos and screenshots of the weather down here. So, hey, I, I've had my experience in Buffalo, so I, I feel like I got a, a little bit of cold weather under my belt. So um, we'll just have to, you know. Take, take it in stride and uh, we'll just have to see when we get there i promise we'll get to football here in a moment but speaking of that we saw all the images from buffalo you know before the playoff game they eventually had to move it to monday when you were up there did it get that crazy to the point where you almost couldn't even see in front of you it was snowing and the wind was blowing so bad when you were up there did it ever get that bad or anything uh so i remember two uh pretty distinct uh times where it snowed pretty bad one time was uh, on christmas eve uh, and the other time we were on a uh, an away game and came back and then our vehicles were under three four foot of snow so um no we, we never really got to play in anything like that um but we definitely had our fair share of experiences where you you go to bed at night and you wake up and holy cow you're, you're under three four five six foot of snow because, you know, I don't know if you have much time to think about this, but this is about to be a factor in college football in a way that it's never been before because, you know, next year the first playoff game is not until December 20th. And that first round, these are going to be home games. They're not going to be neutral site games. The the five, six, seven, and 8 are going to be hosting seeds 9, 10, 11, and 12. And so you could have a Big Ten team, for instance, hosting a game in December um and that could be a cold weather game now as cold as it was last week in like say kansas city and buffalo maybe not quite that cold but probably some of the most significant cold weather games in college football's history and so if you're you know an, an sec team you know a quarterback like yourself growing up there and you know uh, warner robbins and you got to go play a cold weather game like that that would be a different experience than most of the best college football teams and the players on those teams are probably used to right yeah, that's a, a great point you make. Uh, I, I had, you know, didn't even think about, uh, you know, that first round of the playoffs being a home game. I mean, uh, the example you give, I mean, a, a big team, a Big Ten team, you know, say Michigan, you know, hosting a team like USC, 
like to me that is a, a very big and distinct competitive advantage uh, that they will have. Yeah. Um, that's definitely one of the things um, that showed up to me my first year in the NFL, my rookie year was especially being a Buffalo was how much the weather impacted um, just, you know, your game and your day to day. So, you know, coming from the South and, and every single game is going to be, you know, pretty, pretty nice weather considering the coldest weather game I believe I played in was like low forties, you know, where we play, you know, we had yeah. uh, Auburn at home. Yeah. Um, so, Hey, it, it, it makes, uh, it makes, a uh, an impact on the game and, uh, it'll be very interesting to see yeah, how if, it'll play out. If Miami, Kansas city's flipped locations, if Miami's hosting Kansas city, there's a very good chance that result this past weekend's totally different, right? I mean, Miami could win that game, but when they're playing in those cold, you know, temperatures there in Kansas city, that's a team that's just not as used to that. Yeah. 100%. And, you know, just, a a quick kind of excerpt on just the NFL playoffs and, and the week, you know, the, the wild card weekend, uh, you know, the, the best defense uh, in the NFL gave up 45 points. Yeah. The best offense only scored seven yeah. and then the best team at home got beat. It's just, that's just the NFL for you any given Sunday and anything can happen. It's a, it's a, it's a great point, Jake, and a truly amazing thing. Uh, let me also ask you about this. I don't think you and I have talked since Nick Saban announced his retirement. You know, you know, listen, Georgia fans obviously, you know, compete along with Saban. They wanted to be you know, thankful to have beaten him in Indianapolis in 2021. You know, would certainly like to have beaten him more. But also there's great respect for the great career. You know, what does Nick Saban mean from your perspective? And, you know, what has it been like observing him create such a, you know, really powerful program in Alabama? And how weird is it now going to be to have Saban sort of stepping away from the sport? I, honestly, I don't – I am just – I so at loss for words because football, as I know it, is just going to change so much. Of Saban not being at Alabama, Belichick not being in New England, yeah. and Pete Carroll not being a, a head coach anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, just so much change is happening. Uh, obviously, Coach Saban at Alabama, um, you know, in LSU as well. I mean, he he is by far, bar none, you know, the best to ever do it uh, at the college level. And college football is going to be a a different atmosphere uh without him in it um you know uh, they, they they came close came up just a little bit short here in his last year but uh i mean his run there at alabama was was unbelievable and uh, i think college football is now going to to, to be open i think it's going to be uh the wild wild west and i, I think uh, a lot of uh teams and programs are going to have a chance now that he has uh stepped away as a recruit did you have much personal interaction with saban yeah one of um I'll never forget uh, the the 20-minute conversation I had with him late one evening when I uh, called him and, and decommitted um, and just, you know, just him, you know, just trying to uh, basically, you know, hey, you know, don't don't make a rash decision, um, you know, and all, all the good stuff. But, uh, man, he was a, a great man, a great coach, and uh, it would have been a great opportunity to play for him for sure. Let me finish with this. Uh, there was a story involving a Georgia quarterback this week. I, or, I mean, state of Georgia quarterback. I don't know how well you know Julian Lewis, who's going into his junior year there at Carrollton. He's not reclassified. He was supposed to be a class of 2026 prospect, and now he's going to be a class of 2025. I guess this was happening somewhat back in your era as a high school player. I seem like I remember like Jake Bentley, guys like that. Jake around, Bentley, yeah. Yeah, around the same time. Seems like this kind of thing is happening a little bit more now. What do you think about the idea of you know guys who seem to be uh, ready to get their college careers as started as quickly as they possibly can. Yeah, you know, this is uh, such an interesting dynamic to me because, I, you know, I come from a little bit of a baseball background, but in baseball, when everybody, when anybody de uh, reclassifies, they're always going backwards. Mm -hmm. And then whenever it happens in football, they're always going forward. Huh. And so I just, I, I find that so interesting, uh, just the, different of, the difference of the dynamic uh, between the two. So, um, hey, uh, I, you know, I, I'm stuck in the middle. I mean, if that is looks on paper what's best for him, go for it. But um, I, I think uh, a lot of times, including myself here, you know, wanting to rush to the next thing. But um, I think there's just a, a lot to learn uh, at the high school level before you, you get your feet wet in college. But, um, yeah, you, you never know what uh, what kind of decisions and what, what the things are on the table for, for each individual person and family. Jake, it's always a great thing to have you as part of our Kroger Fresh Take. We certainly appreciate your time and uh, safe travels coming back to here to Georgia, sure enough. And we'll also look forward to talking to you in the program again very soon as well. Yeah, Brandon, thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
So some context that I did not give you a little earlier before we went to the Jake Fromm interview was uh, he and his lovely wife were a nice tropical location resort. And uh, we we actually pulled Jake off the, uh, I guess the final day of his vacation to uh, do that interview with us. So I certainly appreciated his time on that. And I tell you who else appreciates that. It's our friends at Kroger, because the Kroger Fresh Take, of course, with Jake Fromm, brought to you by Kroger. And we want you to be aware of the membership opportunity available from Kroger. It's called Kroger Boost. You can get all kinds of incentives just for being a member, like free grocery delivery. That gives you more time to enjoy the things you love this time of year. And you can earn twice the fuel points on the stuff you're already buying from Kroger, which makes it a great value as well. So try it. and I think you'll love it. Go find out more online. It's Kroger.com slash boost. That's Kroger.com slash boost here today. And as we get ready to wrap up on Dog Nation Daily presented by Meriwether and Tharp, we have a handful of golden shoes that we want to get to for you here. And as you might imagine, a lot of these making fun of the uh, situation involving the Alabama Crimson Tide. Our buddy Georgia on tap had shared this with us, the phrase that Jalen Milrow made famous the idea of Lank, and I'm not going anywhere near that. You can search that one on your own. But somebody kind of put their own spin on that, that the L-A-N-K stand for lost another crew, which is uh, pretty funny with the Alabama A in there, Georgia on tap, sharing that with us, thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Stroker Ace on Twitter also gives us the sort of the style. But I guess if you're Hayes Foz from on three, you're now famous enough that your graphic has its own recognized style here. But the Hayes Fawcett style on three graphic breaking Alabama's million dollar band has gone into the transfer portal. Pretty funny stuff from Stroker Ace there on that. We'll give him a golden shoe. And then uh, also, this is the one that George on tap sent. I, I think I uh, credited the wrong person earlier that uh, Alabama's mascot, Big Al, has entered the transfer portal. So a lot of folks making fun on all of that. Uh, a lot of Bama portal departures. Georgia fans love that. And by the way, it was Joshua Campbell who sent the uh, Lank t-shirt, the Lost Another uh, Crew. So I'll give Joshua credit for that. Obviously, uh, kind of making fun of the phrase that uh, Jalen Milrow had made famous and Reese Davis and McAfee and all them had kind of fallen into on game day the other day. I'm going to let you Google that one because I'm not going anywhere near that. But uh, pretty funny. As a golden shoe there right there. And as far as those lousy, stinking gators are concerned, actually, Florida's probably loving this because right now Florida – is not facing the brunt of Georgia fans very much. We're not making fun of them because we are so busy making fun of the disaster in Alabama. Somebody in the, I think it was the Facebook comment section earlier, called it Gump Noble, which I think, uh, as opposed to Chernobyl, uh, which I thought was very funny. <laughs> so uh, uh, we will pause briefly from laughing in Alabama to now laugh at Florida and remind them it's been 1,167 days since the lousy, stinking Gators have beaten the Georgia Bulldogs. That is our Gator Hater Updater. We'll see all of you back tomorrow. From the studio, sort of a normalish show for us, uh, Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp. We will look forward to talking to you then.